Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Serial Killer Podcast, the podcast dedicated to serial killers, who they were, what they did, and how. Episode 218. I am your humble host, Thomas Rosaland Vyborg Thun. And tonight, I bring to you a classic TSK episode. It's standalone. And it covers a man that I'm pretty certain have not been talked about as a serial killer in the media ever. The definition of a serial killer that I use in this podcast is a person who murders three or more people with a significant cooling-off period between each kill. When it comes to Russian history, the first names that usually come to mind would be Lenin, Trotsky... Stalin and Khrushchev, Lenin, the controversial revolutionary who forged a communist superpower, Trotsky, the intellectual linchpin of the revolution, who was murdered and became a martyr to the cause, Stalin, the paranoid tyrant who terrorized his own people but helped defeat Hitler, Khrushchev, the brash-called warrior who almost helped usher in the end of the world during the Cuban Missile Crisis. One person that is seldom talked about is Lavrenti Pavlovich Beria. He was a Georgian, like Stalin, who called him my Himmler. Involved in revolutionary activities from his teens and head of the secret police in Georgia, in his twenties, he supervised the ruthless 1930s purges in the region and arrived in Moscow in 1938 as deputy to Nikolai Yezhov, a.k.a. the bloodthirsty dwarf. 
head of the Soviet secret police. He soon succeeded Yezhov, who was shot on Stalin's orders, apparently at Beria's prompting. Beria, who went on to run the Soviet network of slave labor camps, was notorious for his sadistic enjoyment of torture and his taste for beating, raping, and murdering young women and girls. Bald and bespectacled, by the time of Stalin's death in 1953, he was one of the most hated men in the country. And this is his saga. Enjoy. This episode, like all other sagas told by me, would not be possible without my loyal Patreonies. They are Lisbeth, Russell, Lisa, Kathy, James, Cody, Kylie, Robert, Val, Marilyn, Craig, Emily, the Duggletons, Jonathan, Jennifer, Lunavar, Roy, Cheryl, Richard, Brad, Laurie, Manuel, Haley, James, Jeff, Avulin, and Meg. You are truly the backbone of the Serial Killer podcast, and without you, there would be no show. Thank you. I am forever grateful for my elite TSK Producers Club, and I want to show you that your patronage is not given in vain. All TSK episodes will be available 100% ad-free to my TSK Producers Club on patreon.com slash theserialkillerpodcast. No generic ads, no ad reads, no jingles. I promise. And of course, if you wish to donate $15 a month, that's only $7.50 per episode, you are more than welcome to join the ranks of the TSK Producers Club too. So don't miss out and join now. Lavrenti Pavlovich Beria, a significant figure of the USSR's history and one of the most controversial figures of the Stalin era, was born on the 29th of March 1899 in Merkole, a village in the Shukimi district of the Kutais governorate of the Russian Empire, currently, today, in the Republic of Abkhazia, Georgia. He was the son of Pavel Kuchaevich Beria, a landlord, and Marta Yakeli, who descended from the princely Yakeli family. Beria's childhood was rather average for the time and place he was born into, albeit amidst challenging socio-political scenarios. Georgia was undergoing a transformative period of the Russian Revolution, and for the average family like Beria's, navigating through daily life beset with political turbulence was no small feat. 
Beria was noted to be a good, but not a remarkable student, with discerning intelligence and an evident resilience. His first forays into education happened at the Gori Community College, and then later at the Baku Polytechnicum, where he studied architecture and masonry. However, his academic path was disjointed due to his political interests, which took a significant role in his life from an early age. In his late teens, Beria became known for his political activism. Ideologically aligned with Marxist-Leninist politics, he was drawn early to the Bolshevik movement and joined the party in 1917. It's pertinent to consider that Beria's political growth happened against a broader backdrop of a tumultuous era marked by social change and civil unrest. The Russian Revolution of 1917 culminated in the fall of the Tsarist autocracy and the rise of the Soviet Union, a historical pivot that significantly influenced Beria's political beliefs and aspirations. Beria might not have directly cited his childhood or his family as driving factors for his political ambitions, but the pattern of his early life does seem to suggest certain correlations. His relatively humble background and the social-political setting must have shaped his perspectives, steering him towards a life of power. Beria's life was a trajectory of calculated decisions, as he navigated his way through the power corridors of the Soviet government. His meteoric rise within the Soviet administration from a modest student to the chief of the Soviet security and secret police apparatus, and eventually the first deputy premier of the Soviet Union, leaves one intrigued about the early years that laid the groundwork for such a formidable journey. Beria's childhood was a progression of seemingly ordinary circumstances, punctuated with the distinct hues of a society undergoing seismic shifts. His upbringing, while largely unremarkable on the surface, subtly hints at the emergence of an individual whose life would later turn into one of the most contentious in the annals of twentieth-century political history. While Beria's childhood painted a picture of an ordinary boy, growing up in a rapidly changing society, his later life was anything but ordinary, marking him as a figure of significant historical consequence. Beria's family provided a stable, albeit modest, backdrop to his upbringing. His father, though not particularly affluent, held reasonable influence in the local community. From a young age, Beria had witnessed a flux between positions of power and normalcy, a sight that perhaps sow the first seeds of ambition in him. Beria's mother, Marta Jaqueli, is known to have hailed from the local nobility and held strong personal values. While there is not much documentation on her influence over young Beria, it's plausible that she instilled in him some of the tenacity and resilience he was known for later in life. Beria's school life offered a lens into his developing personality. 
As a student at the Gori Community College, Beria displayed good intelligence. Despite not excelling in the contemporary sense, he reportedly had an acute understanding of the subjects he was taught. Beria demonstrated early signs of leadership and strategic thinking while in school. His potential, combined with his consistent academic performance, might have hinted at the prominent role he would play in Soviet Russia in later years. Beria showed an affinity for subjects like history and political science. This early attraction to politics in the backdrop of the tumultuous period of the Russian Revolution probably contributed to kindling his interest in Bolshevik ideology. As the political scenario in Russia evolved following the February and October revolutions, Beria found himself increasingly drawn towards active politics. The intensity and impact of the ongoing socio-political changes were impossible to ignore, especially for someone as perceptive as Beria. Post-joining the Bolshevik Party in 1917, Beria's involvement in political activities only intensified. He played various roles within the party, even as he pursued his studies in Baku Polytechnicum. His attractions towards positions of power began to take a decisive shape during these years and laid the foundation for the controversial figure he would eventually morph into. Beria's involvement in political activism, especially in the Bolshevik movement, showed his capacity to align himself strategically with power. This alignment went on to shape critical aspects of Beria's personality, his ruthlessness, his ability to seize power, and his tendency to hold on to it with a steadfast grip. Beria also acquired a reputation for being a skillful and ruthless operator within the party setup. He wasn't hesitant about deploying an array of tactics like manipulation, coercion, or even violence to achieve his objectives. These early political manipulations were a precursor to the kind of administration he would later run in the peak of his career. Beria's early life was a pivotal phase that played an instrumental role in the making of the man he eventually became. His childhood, set in a tumultuous era of Russian history, early political leanings, and the uncanny ability to align himself with power, painted an intricate picture of an ambitious young man's transformation into a figure that would later stand among the most powerful and feared in the USSR. Looking closely at his origins might not justify or excuse his later actions, but it certainly sheds light on their origins. Beria began his professional journey as an operative in the security apparatus of Soviet Georgia. Over the years, he quickly ascended the ranks to become the deputy head of the secret police in Georgia. His ruthless efficiency, undying loyalty to Joseph Stalin, and Machiavellian political skills swiftly led him to climb up the ranks of the USSR administration. 
By 1938, Beria had taken over as the People's Commissar for Internal Affairs, the head of the NKVD. And <clears throat> I'm going to read to you the um, what NKVD stands for, but ex please excuse my pronunciation. It's going to be terrible. Narodny Commissariat Vnutechni Del. That's Russian. Translated roughly into English, it means the Soviet secret police. This position endowed him with power that was only rivaled by Stalin himself. Beria leveraged this unchecked power to declare a reign of terror that had far-reaching and devastating consequences. Beria's appointment as the head of the NKVD tags along with one of the darkest periods in the USSR's history, with intermittent purges and a pervasive climate of fear dominating the national landscape. Like his predecessors, Beria used his position to execute and imprison thousands of perceived enemies or dissidents within the party and the wider Soviet society. Beria's purges extended to intellectual circles, army officers, and even foreign communists, causing a chillingly massive loss of human life. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have our burdens to bear, dear listener. And as a man, I was and am often told to suck it up, keep calm, and carry on. Normally, good advice in many situations. But never talking about what bothers you is not healthy. Therapy is great to get things off your chest, to vent, and best of all, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Everyone needs someone to talk to, even psychopaths, even your humble host. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash serialkiller today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash serial killer. Even before this time, in the early 1920s, Beria had led the repression of a Georgian nationalist uprising, after which up to 10,000 people were executed, displaying what would later be credited as Bolshevik ruthlessness. He was the driving force behind the expansion of the vast network 
of more than 500 forced labor camps known as the infamous gulags. It is said they once contained as many as 5 million prisoners. In the words of historian and former prisoner Anton Antonov of Sienko, and here I quote, the gulags existed before Beria, but he was the one who built them on a mass scale. He industrialized the gulag system. Human life had no value for him. End quote. Stalin himself had an amused understanding of Beria's cold and amoral nature. During one of the major World War II conferences with the rest of the Allies, the dictator even introduced Beria to President Roosevelt as quote-unquote our Himmler, which, given Beria's blood-splattered CV and talent for lethal logistics, wasn't too far from the truth. World War II added another layer of brutality to Beria's activities. Under his directive, the NKVD carried out numerous mass executions of political prisoners across the Eastern Front. These atrocities were carried out in rapid response to the advancing German troops. During the war, Beria remained an active figure in implementing Stalin's iron will on the people. It also saw him perpetrate one of the worst atrocities in a conflict filled with them. Today, it's often forgotten that it wasn't just Hitler who invaded Poland in September 1939. Stalin, emboldened by his non-aggression pact with Germany, did the same just a few weeks later, sending his forces in from the east. Poland suddenly found itself in the grip of two tyrannies. The Russian forces proved every bit as brutal and pitiless as the Nazis. Thousands of Polish troops were rounded up and kept in camps, nervously awaiting news of their fate. Few could have seen what would come next, total annihilation by their Russian captors. Known as the Katyn Massacre because of the large burial pits that were eventually discovered in the Katyn Forest, this mass murder of the Polish POWs was directly orchestrated by Beria in 1940, who sent a memo to Stalin suggesting that the prisoners were a threat to the new Soviet regime in Poland and should therefore be executed. 22,000 soldiers, doctors, priests and others were killed on Beria's direct command. The USSR claimed the Nazis had committed and continued to deny responsibility of the event up until as recent as 1990, when it finally officially acknowledged and condemned the perpetration of the killings by the NKVD, as well as the subsequent cover-up by the Soviet government. As historian Benjamin B. Fisher has put it, the Kachin Forest Massacre was a criminal act of historic proportions and enduring political implications, end quote. And Beria was the man who made it happen, their Himmler, indeed. In 1941, 
Beria carried out another purge, this time of the Red Army. Over 500 NKVD agents and 30,000 Red Army officers were executed. To put 30,000 in context, that's three out of five marshals and 14 out of 16 army commanders in the Red Army. Red Army high commanders had a phrase they had for being purged, which was going to have coffee with Beria. Beria was openly elated when Stalin, venerated as a kind of fearsome god by the Soviet Union, succumbed to a cerebral hemorrhage in March 1953. According to Khrushchev's own writings, Beria was spewing hatred and mocking Stalin as the tyrant lay slowly dying from his sudden illness. And when Stalin eventually died, Beria's relish was chillingly clear for all to see. The starting pistol for the race to power had been fired, with Stalin's ex-subordinates now in a deadly tussle for the top job. Beria seemed to be in a perfect position. His ally, a now-forgotten figure called Georgi Malenkov, took over as the supreme leader, and Beria's own dossier of dirt on his rivals, gathered during his years as chief of the secret police, meant he could surely keep others under his thumb. But it was not to be. Malenkov was a weak ruler, who was swiftly sidelined by Khrushchev, the improbable underdog who somehow managed to scupper Beria's plans in a dramatic fashion. As the most generally accepted story goes, it was during a seemingly ordinary meeting in June 1953 that Khrushchev abruptly began accusing Beria of being a traitor to the Soviet Union and even a British spy. Soon, the other officials, Beria's own colleagues, chimed in, and the surreal revolt was complete when soldiers burst in to arrest him. As one account tells us, Beria was shocked and terrified by this ambush, with good reason. At Beria's trial in 1953, it became known that he had committed numerous rapes during the years he was NKVD chief. Simon Montefiore concludes that the information reveals a sexual predator who used his power to indulge himself in obsessive depravity. After his death, charges of rape and sexual abuse were disputed by people close to Beria, including his wife Nina and his son Sargo. According to the testimony of Colonel Rafael Semyonovich Sarkisov and Colonel Sardion Nikolaevich Nadaryaya, two of Beria's bodyguards, on warm nights during the war, Beria was often driven around Moscow in his limousine. He would point out young women that he wanted to be taken back to his dasha, where wine and feast awaited them. After dining, Beria would take the women into his soundproofed office and rape and torture them. His bodyguards reported that their duties including handing each victim a flower bouquet 
as she left the house. Accepting it implied that the sex had been consensual. Refusal would mean arrest and execution. Sarkisov reported that after one woman rejected Beria's advances and ran out of his office, Sarkisov mistakenly handed her the flowers anyway. The enraged Beria declared, and I quote, Now it is not a bouquet, it's a wreath made rot on your grave, end quote. The NKVD arrested the woman the next day. The testimony of Sarkisov and Nadaraya has been partially corroborated by Edward Ellis Smith, an American who served in the U.S. Embassy in Moscow after the war. According to historian Amy Knight, Smith noted that Beria's escapades were common knowledge among embassy personnel because his house was on the same street as a residence for Americans, and those who lived there saw girls brought to Beria's house late at night in a limousine. Women also submitted to Beria's sexual advances in exchange for the promise of freedom for imprisoned relatives. In one case... Beria picked up Tatyana Okunevskaya, a well-known Soviet actress, under the pretense of bringing her to perform for the Politburo. Instead, he took her to his house, his Dasha, where he offered to free her father and grandmother from prison if she submitted. He then raped her, telling her, Scream or not, it does not matter. End quote. In fact, Beria knew that all Kunevskaya's relatives had been executed months earlier. Okunevskaya was arrested shortly afterwards and sentenced to solitary confinement in the Gulag, which she amazingly survived. Stalin and other high-ranking officials came to distrust Beria. In one instance, when Stalin learned that his then-teenage daughter Svetlana was alone with Beria at his house. He telephoned her and told her to leave immediately. When Beria complimented Alexander Poskrev's daughter on her beauty, Poskrev quickly pulled her aside and instructed her, and I quote, Don't ever accept a lift from Beria, end quote. After taking an interest, in Voroshilov's daughter-in-law during a party at their summer house, Beria shadowed their car closely all the way back to the Kremlin, terrifying Voroshilov's wife. Before and during the war, Beria directed Sarikov to keep a list of the names and phone numbers of the women that he had sex with. Eventually, he ordered Sarkisov to destroy the list, as it was a potential security risk, but Sarkisov retained a secret copy. When Beria's fall from power began, Sarkisov passed the list to Viktor Abakumov, the former wartime head of Shmarsh and now chief of the MGB, the successor to the NKVD. Abakumov was already aggressively building a case against Beria. Stalin, who was also seeking to undermine Beria, was thrilled by the detailed records kept by Sarkisov, demanding, and I quote, Send me everything this asshole writes down. 
end quote. In 2003, the Russian government acknowledged Sarkisov's handwritten list of Beria's victims, which reportedly contains hundreds of names. The victims' names were also released to the public in 2003. Evidence suggests that Beria also murdered several of these women. In 1993, construction workers installing streetlights unearthed human bones near Beria's Moscow villa, now the Tunisian embassy. Skulls, pelvises and leg bones were found. In 1998, the skeletal remains of five young women were discovered during work carried out on the water pipes in the garden of the same villa. In 2011, building workers digging a ditch in Moscow city center unearthed a common grave near the same residence containing a pile of human bones, including two children's skulls covered with lime or chlorine. The lack of clothing and the condition of the remains indicate that these bodies were buried naked. According to Martin Sixsmith in a BBC documentary, and I quote, Beria spent his nights having teenagers abducted from the streets and brought to his house for him to rape. Those who resisted were strangled and buried in his wife's rose garden. End quote. Vladimir Zharov, head of the Department of Forensic Medicine at Moscow State University of Medicine and Dentistry, and then the head of the Criminal Forensics Bureau, said a torture chamber existed in the basement of Beria's villa, and that there was probably an underground passage to burial sites. Additionally, an American report from 1952 quoted a former Muscovite as having learned from one of Beria's mistresses that it was Beria's habit to order various women to become intimate with him, and that he threatened them with prison if they refused. Beria was imprisoned, and eventually put on trial in December of 1953 for a number of heinous crimes, including treason and terrorism with his role in the purges being highlighted. He was found guilty and sentenced to death, and, if recollections of his executioner are to be believed, he did not meet his fate bravely. His executioner's wife later told the media that just before being shot dead, Beria had implored the executioner for mercy, groveling on his knees. The executioner had bluntly responded by saying, and I quote, In all that you have done, so loathsome, mean, and nasty, can you not find enough courage in yourself to accept your punishment in silence? End quote. The evidence tells us that Beria was a monster, but this was a time of monsters and most of Beria's peers were also implicated in all kinds of vicious violence. What's most intriguing about Beria was the strange paradoxical push he was poised to make for a more liberal Russia. Stalin's most notorious minion could, if he had been able to take power, had been a peacemaker and reformer like Gorbachev would be in the 1980s. 
This meant he could be brazenly brutal, but it also meant he could look at the facts coldly and make the right moves without worrying about the abstract ideology of the state. It's been said that, had Beria been born in the United States, he would have been a brilliant businessman. This, after all, was the man who'd won the respects of Russia's greatest scientists during the Soviet project to build a nuclear bomb. Russian physicist Yuli Kariton, who played a major part in the nuclear research, highly appreciated Beria's organizational skills and capabilities. Many years later he wrote, and I quote, Beria quickly banged all work on the projects with necessary scope and dynamism. This man, who personified evil in the country's modern history, possessed, at the same time, tremendous vigor and efficiency. It was impossible not to admit his intellect, willpower, and purposefulness. He was a first-class manager, able to bring every job to its conclusion. End quote. Beria was also fed up with East Germany, saying, and I quote, It's not even a real state, but one kept in being only by Soviet troops. End quote. As his peer Molotov later recalled, and I quote, A stable Germany was good enough for him. I was in favor of not forcing a socialist policy, while Beria favored not supporting socialism at all. End quote. This means that, if Beria had become leader, there would have been no Berlin Wall. He also expressed an interest in granting greater political freedom to Soviet satellite republics like Lithuania and Latvia, which would potentially have softened the divide between Western Europe and the Eastern Bloc. Beria also appreciated the great financial gains that could come from a sustained relationship with the United States. It's likely then, being the pragmatist that it was, he would have eased tensions with the West in a bid to boost the Soviet economy, far from the escalation of tension which occurred under Khrushchev, an escalation which would have the whole world holding its breath during the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962. And if Beria had succeeded in initiating a thaw in the Cold War, the quagmire of Vietnam, which was essentially a proxy war between the US and the Soviet Union, may have been averted. Beria's pragmatic, analytical mind could well have steered the Cold War to an early end had he come to power. Instead, he got his just asserts while begging for mercy before an executioner's gun. And he is remembered now only for his odious crimes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And with that, we come to the end of this standalone episode covering the red monster of the USSR. Lavrenti Beria. Next episode will feature a fresh serial killer expose, so as they say in the land of radio, stay tuned. <laughs>